Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift for the ultimate Vuelta España 2022 preview. We're going to sunny Spain. I've got the sunnies on and I did put the bucket hat on. I tried for the OG listeners, but I actually couldn't hear Benji through the bucket hat, through the headphones. So, I See, mean, bucket hats are overrated. I mean, maybe I could, maybe it would have been a fun pod if we just mostly did two monologues um, side <laughs> by side. Maybe it is like that sometimes because I like to talk a lot. But this is, it's going to be relaxed. I feel like the teams themselves aren't prepared. Like, any DSs or riders listening to this, hands up if you haven't gone through the whole road book yet on the Tuesday before it starts. <laughs> I mean, with the Tour de France fan, Benji, Avex, we're extending the sort of two a month to the whole of July. That finished on 31 July. We're now doing our Vuelta preview two weeks after the Tour de France. And I think the Tour was a week earlier last year. So it's come up fast and it's really close before the uh the world championships 10 second answer only should the vuelta and giro swap spots on the parkour on on the calendar no no that's no how dare you like there's ruining cycling tradition and there's like ruining ruining cycling tradition i i think back in the day the vuelta was okay (laughs) I think they should swap. Okay, we have Benji's. That's an off-season. Someone mark, someone mark that down for an off-season debate. I reckon we can get 20 minutes out of that. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to do it as we normally do. We'll go through the overall route and the difficulty of it. Who are the favorites in the markets for GC? A detailed team discussion of Yumbo, Ineos, Quickstep, UAE, and Bora as the five big, strong teams. Sorry if we've missed anybody. Uh, sprinters not very many opportunities for the pure sprinters and then our stage by stage picks KOM points young jersey and then GC roundup discussion that's how we will do it but before we get into that mention our show partner Zwift Zwift Academy is back for 2022 registration is open now whether you're aiming for a pro contract like Jay Vine or Neve Bradbury or are just looking to kickstart your fitness with some structured sessions, Zwift Academy will help you get fitter and have more fun on the bike. There are six workouts to complete, either solo or in group workouts with baseline rides to compare your progress before and after Zwift Academy. And I would just like to say, if you're in where most of the people or the biggest demographics of this podcast, if you're in sort of North America or Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, UK, particularly, you know, North America or, or Oceania, Zwift Academy, as shown by Vine, Moorman, Bradbury, it's a legitimate way and one of probably the best paths to getting noticed and getting a pro contract. Like seriously, it. You can get good results in Asia and Conti races, which unfairly might go ignored by European teams. And it's really, really hard for, to get a contract or make that move over to Europe. Zwift Academy has shown like you can actually make that move over. 
Uh, so it's worth going for if you yeah if you think you're at that level. I just like to say that I think it's really good um, because you know I'm always banging the drum about how every Australian twenty year old could win the Tour de France. They're just not given a chance. Um, but I actually well, do you. think. Uh, pardon. Well, you win the Tour de France at some point. Uh, I'm a bit old and 20, despite what people think. <laughs> I think that time is gone. Um, but, yeah, maybe I should do Zwift Academy. Um, I could probably pay for my own spot on a pro Conti Italian team, though. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's Zwift Academy. In all seriousness, check it out. Um, registrations are open. All right, the Vuelta. Uh, it starts in the Netherlands, which is good for uh, the back-to-back-to-back three-time champion, Jumbo Visma, the Netherlands squad. And Hersink and Turnison, who are on their team, starts in the Netherlands, flat as you'd expect. Starts with the TTT. Remember the last TTT? Uh, there's the crash of Yumbo and UAE when there was the water on the road. Then there's two sprint stages. Then they go down, rest day, transition day uh, on the next Monday, and they go down to the Basque Country, start in Irun. Then they work their way across the north of Spain, going into the Asturias, punchy climbs. Then after stage nine, travel day or rest first proper rest day they go down south just south of uh, valencia alicante and then they work their way around the bottom of spain they completely skip uh catalonia navarra region and the middle of spain pretty much they just work their way around the bottom and then up uh to madrid so it's an interesting route they will come to catalonia next year it is this is what people are going to see some some articles benji this is not a traditional welter route in that there's not much rampas in Humanas at all. There's one rampas stage. It's actually a lot of 12K, 8K, 6 to 7% climbs, which I think could be good for team tactics. Okay, interesting. I think when it comes to the parkour, the first thing that comes to mind to me is the team time trial. I want to talk about that aspect before I get to the climbing part of this Grand Tour and I like the team time trial being part of this Grand Tour because if we look at the start list which we'll go into in a bit there's no team where I say okay they're gonna take a minute and a half on other people and the team time trial for example there's multiple teams that have strong riders but also have weaker links in team time trials and combining that will mean that those teams won't necessarily get a huge advantage over the others so that's the first aspect there When it comes to the second and third stage, we go into some flatter terrain and then we start the actual Spain territory. And knowing the Spain territory, know that there's not too many sprinting opportunities anymore. And after the sprinting opportunities of the Netherlands, the second and third stage, there's basically, I'd say, one or two sprinting opportunities afterwards. So who knows? We might see sprinters go away after day three, for example. Hilly parkours all over throughout a few stages. and what I notice when it comes to those climbing stages is that I feel like there's not too many stages that have multi-mountains in them. Like in the Tour de France, we've got stages with first the Galibier, then the Quad Affair, and then at the end, we've got the Granol, for example, Albuez, whatever, like three major HC climbs per stage. And when we look at this parkour, I feel like there's smaller climbs throughout the parkour, six kilometers at 6% and so forth. The medium mountain terrain that we spoke about last year that could be pretty tactical, but the aspect of those stages is that the final climb is the biggest one of them all. So I think that counters the aspect of the medium mountain chaos we had last year. So if you've got a stage with medium mountains on it, it allows people to attack early because there's not too many valleys. And if the valleys are there, they can play tactical and so forth. 
But if the final climb is the hardest one, then teams might likely wait until the final climb to actually get stuff done that stage. So I don't know. There's a mixed bag in that. I still think that there's a lot of stages in this Vuelta that are semi-hockey stick parkours, as in there's some hills or mountains throughout the parkour, but the last climb is the biggest one. And does that have an aspect on which climbers can do well on a parkour like this? Yeah, so a good example of that is stage 12 uh, to Peñas Blancas. There's no categorized climb before a 20-kilometer 6.4% climb. And it's just perfect for Avonapol and Roglic. You, Naira Quintana's coming to this race. We saw he retired yesterday, Tom Dumoulin. Um, we saw an Europa, which is averages 6.4, sort of 7%. In the Giro, he dropped Quintana because if you have the watts on 6.4%, I don't know if there's probably steep sections in it, it's better to be Remco with his CDA on the climbs or Roglic at 65. Aronsman? Or Aronsman, well, in theory, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. have the watts, in theory. Um <laughs> Or even like Plap is a good example. Sivakov, this should really suit them versus a Carapaz, a Quintana, um, although it is longer. So that's, and especially that's not to altitude, that's from sea level. That should be really, really high watts. That's like a pure watts per kilo 40 minute test, Peñas Blancas. So even a pole, it should really, really suit him. What doesn't suit him and is where we see Coos and Quintana and those sort of riders is the there is one really really hard climb mountain top finish but as Benji said it only has the warm-up it's quite hard I think uh, the per Alto de Perch I think that's actually quite hard 9.1 k 7.5 percent that's got a descent in it fake news felt is always filled with fake news climbs uh Sierra Nevada 20 k's 8 percent to 2500 meters that is that's really really hard so yeah we could expect Big GC gaps on Sierra Nevada. That's really the climb where maybe teams will try and put Avonapol under pressure. But going through the teams, we have to start with the defending champ. He is starting Primoz Roglic after abandoning the Tour de France uh, after the crash on stage five. What's his condition? No one really knows. I presume, you know, Wout Van Aert came to the Tour de France with a quote-unquote knee injury. He seemed to be pretty <laughs> fine. Although Roglic, uh, I don't know if he's, in, you know, uh, his condition, but I'm not sure he's been able to do like an altitude camp with the short time after the tour. They come with Robert Chaffini, Omen, Koos, Hesink, Turnison, who's off into Marche, Harper, and Rowan Dennis is doing the, the race as well. He didn't do the Tour de France. So a pretty balanced team, Benji. Um, three Dutch riders for the Grand, oh, the, the depart in the Netherlands. Good rulers. A little bit light on climbing. It could end up. It's really just Koos and Roglic unless Omen gets back to career best levels. Or unless we see Dennis that we saw at the start of the year, uh, which true. was a significant climber in the likes of Barry Nice, if my mind serves me right. So there's some aspect there, but I agree that it's light on climbing and they need a step up from some Omen on a decent level domestique-wise to be playing that role. Chris Harper, he played a role as the as the brake ruler guy quite a few times, but I swear he's a decent enough climber to at least be a rider in a train for them, certainly. So he sync very similarly in that sense. They're like the early riders on the climbs to, to pace for Yambo, in my opinion. When we look at uh, this squad in general, I'd say that a Mike Turnison is 
relatively free to go for the stages that are sprints like an Ethan Hatred stage, for example, stuff like that. Affini, for me, that's like Team Dump Troll rider plus break rider in this in this race that's how i see it perhaps for the individual tram troll his own chances yes when it comes to roglic i don't know what to expect at all like you mentioned he had that injury from the tour de france it was very vague the communication around it as in we never really knew the the in-depth aspects of the consequences of that injury and therefore it's impossible to know whether he's already at a level to compete at this Vuelta for the red jersey again so it's hard to know that until we see it on the road. So until we actually see Roglic on the road on, even in the team time trial, I might not make a decision yet, but afterwards on the hilly parkours and so forth, what a state is there. Until then, it's ne nearly impossible to guess what his form is. And that's similar to 2021 Giro, the Evenepoel Giro, where he ended up showing up. Nobody knew what to expect. In week one, it all looked great and then towards the end it kind of fell apart obviously Roglic is a rider that has been proven when it comes to three weeks in this Vuelta throughout so I'm curious to see what happens with Roglic is he going to be in form is he not going to be in form I think he can get a record of the amount of one Vueltas in a row but I'm not certain about that I think Rominger has the same record at the moment but hey who cares about records I don't know I don't really but I just wanted to mention it and when it comes to the rest of the squad, Sapkaz, GC Kaz, what's happening, man? I think Koos will try and stay close in GC um, just because of... I think he has to, actually, because when you look at the other teams, which we'll get to, apart from Movistar and Bike Exchange, uh, Ineos, UAE and Bora, three of the five strongest teams, all have at least two GC options. And if it's they, they Kreuzweig was there last year in the Vuelta, he was very good on stage 20. As I said, Omen, not sure. Hopefully, he can. I do think the parkour, because of the gradients of a lot of these climbs, it really does suit Dennis. And even Harper can get over a lot of them and Hersink. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Bohr have got two multiple options, at least, you know, three, one would think. Ineos have four. UAE have. At least three, <laughs> maybe four. <laughs> um, so, so you you kind of need to keep Coos in GC, I think. Because so, if he's not and he marks a move and he's 20 minutes back, well, it's kind of pointless. Then he has to just go back and pace Roglic. So I expect him to try and stay in GC. Uh, Sierra Nevada could be good for him. Um, but otherwise, yeah, with the, the TT, with 55 TT kilometers, um, there's usually smaller gaps in the time team time trial. Um, it does still suit Roglic overall the parkour. You're mentioning the 55 kilometer TTs kilometers. Okay, I just ruined that sentence. But you mentioned those kilometers, and half of those are team time trial kilometers. How much does that impact a cuz? Because on a regular time trial, he's going to do a lot worse than on a team time trial with a team like Yumbo surrounding him. So. Are we overrating the amount of time trial kilometers for riders like us, knowing that half of them are team time trial kilometers? Um, I think I just meant the the time trial kilometers suit Roglic because he's on Yumbo. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's good for Koos that only half of the TTTK, only half of the time trial Ks he can 
be helped along by Rowan Dennis, Roglic, and Afini. <laughs> that's and Turnison's probably good in a team time trial too, because uh, it's a different dynamic. But that's Yumbo. They come in as the favourites for Roglic, um, sort of to be expected. I mean, you have to just assume he's in good shape. He's at about three dollars. Avon Apoles second favourite, somewhat surprisingly at six fifty. Hindley third favourite, two at seven fifty. Carapaz fourth favourite for Ineos, ten. Yates. 13, he won this race in 2018. Almeida, sixth favorite at 13. Mas, 17. Lopez, 19. Sivakov, 26. Aguita, 26. Rodriguez, 29. O'Connor, 34. Quintana, 41. Ayuso, 41. Coos, 41. Gagan Hart, 41. Plap getting no love in the markets, but <laughs> I believe in GC Plap. Actually, I actually think he's completely underrated for this parkour. But yeah, Ineos, it's like. The market's clearly saying it doesn't know who really is the leader. Same with UAE a little bit, although Almeida seems to be the one. Uh, whereas for Quickstep and Yumbo, uh, it's pretty pretty polarized. But let's let's talk about that Ineos team. Benji Carapaz, who's supposed to be leaving. Luke Plapp, who is a sort of a late addition. Ben Turner, also a late addition. The clock. Ethan Hayter, Sivakov, Gagan Hart. Carlos Rodriguez, Dylan Van Baal. It's Van Baal did the Tour de France. No one else on this team did do the Tour de France. Uh, it's quite a good sort of TTT squad. But mm-hmm. who is the Ineos leader? Like I know it's Carapaz in theory. He's got all the Palmares. All the Gegenhart won the Giro. But who is the Ineos leader? They have like four options to me. Yeah, they certainly have like 75 cooks in the kitchen in this team. And if we analyze the squad, there's a few obvious riders that are domestiques to me. Ben Turner's a domestique in this race. Van Bala's a domestique in this race. Hater's going to be an uphill sprint man, even though he has the ability of doing well at the time trial. And these like Unipuerto-like finishes might actually allow him to win an uphill finish at some point. But GC-wise, I don't believe in Ethan Hater for this Vuelta personally. Then we start looking at the other riders that you mentioned, the the five potential leaders in this squad. Gagan Hart has won the Giro, but based on his results since then, I don't consider him a GC candidate for this race. Am I going to regret that, Hindley-wise? Like, I didn't consider Hindley a GC favorite for the Giro when he ended up winning the Giro. So there's always that possibility that Gagan Hart does the same in this Vuelta and makes me look stupid. But... I don't believe it. I think Gegenhardt should be all-out domestique in this race. And then there's four options left. Luke Blapp, Carlos Rodriguez, Sivakov, and Carapaz. Carapaz is a proven Grand Tour winner, but this year he wasn't able to do it at the Giro. Does that make it that he's got no chance of doing GC here? I think if he's in good form, Carapaz is a podium rider for this race. Like, that's my opinion on it. But... There's also the aspect of Sivakov doing well at Burgos. Rodriguez doing well in a lot of races this year. Burgos as well, where he was the second best rider on the team. Perhaps the strongest rider on Laguna Zanaya, but he worked for Sivakov the entire way through. I'd love to see Rodriguez get a GC leader role here. And then there's Plapp, and I agree with you that Plapp deserves more than just being a domestique. He's shown GC potential in multiple aspects of this season. But I fear that we've seen multiple times that Plapp has been used as a lead-out for Ethan Hater, and I'm expecting that to be the case on the stages that Ethan Hater will go for. And while 
yeah, I just don't like that, but I guess it's going to happen. He's the wild card because the weather is also important here. Do I think young Australian Luke Plapp is, loves the European cold and wet, messy conditions compared to hot conditions? Probably not. I think Plapp's really good in the heat, won the Australian national champs. He always does well in January down in Buninyong, UAE tour, his first, his first like proper professional race. He, he, morally top 10 gc yeah. he came fifth on her feet and he had to do the tt on a road bike so he came 12th even with the tt on the road bike he's good in the heat um catalonia he seemed to struggle a little bit for a lot of the stages until the stage six he launched carapaz and the gita move norway was cool conditions but not raining he was really really good there good watts he the question for me is and we don't know Ineos don't know you never know is Okay, he's done really good on, really well, sorry, on one and done efforts. Catalonia mm-hmm. stage six, her feet has no kilojoules before Norway. It wasn't quite hard, that race. It wasn't a soft race, but it wasn't five hours really hard before that climb Remco destroyed and Plapp did good was too. So the question is, can he actually deep into stage 18 where there's you know more i mean the back end of this world's are pretty soft like that's the thing how will he fare in third week of welter who who knows it's his first grand tour but i'm hopeful i mean he can he's smart like these young guys sometimes know more about nutrition than some 35 year old riders so i'm hoping he does really well obviously i'm super biased like my ideal podium is i think (laughs) Vine, Plap, even a pole. <laughs> we might see it. Um, but I, I still, if, if a guy does those watts, if a guy drops the whole peloton in Catalonia on the first climb of the day, there's something there. And with the gradients of this welter, I, I also think Benji, Ineos, Carapaz never won a Grand Tour on Ineos. Um, yeah, I, but he would have if they send one more domestique to the world of 2020. Would have, should have, could have. Didn't win. Um, <laughs> So he, I don't think they can afford to just do a one leader. They did that in the Giro against Hindley and got slapped on for Dyer. Thanks yeah. for coming. And Carapaz going head to head didn't work. And so I think they have to, they have to use multiple leader strategy. If I was in your, well, no, I'm talking all of them, Benji. I'm yeah. talking all of them. I would do a really unusual strategy and use the first week, which I think offers a lot more than some of the later stages and be super aggressive. Teams rarely do this. They only start to get desperate late and then the stage 20 stuff happens. I would, if I was Ineos, try and create chaos early and put Koos and Roglic under pressure and put Hinley under pressure because Hinley week one in Giro 2020, in Giro this year, week one not as good as... um, later weeks so i would try and use all of them and, and attack on early early climbs and just create chaos and but who do you th- who do you think will come out on top for for Ineos? well before i get to that question i want to respond to what you just said if you make the race hard early are you indirectly making hill stages where you go early the perfect situation for them Evenepoel to try and use and benefit from an early attack no. by someone else to then drop them later no I think Quickstep we saw in Basque Country, we saw in Swiss. When Remco and Quickstep, let's 
and that, that dovetails nice into that team, by the way. Remco Bring, Peter Seri, Julian Alaphilippe, Remy Cavagnard, three Stevenines, even a Paul Masnada, Van Vilde, Vavica. It's quite a strong team. Um, Cavagnard, I guess, is the flat rider. TTT should be pretty good. Uh, Masnada, there's a question mark over Van Vilde, look good in Burgos, Vavica and Seri look good in San Sebastian, where we pretty much go back to those roads here in week one. Quick step when they have a plan, when they're, they're like, this parker was great for Remco. We're going to launch him here a la Saint-Sebastian. Lovely. Works great. Liège, plan, Redoute, or which is the second last one, the one they launched him on. Everyone knew it was going to happen. Great. Tour de Suisse. Remember the stage he just got randomly dropped on the hilly stage where Israel launched yep. full thing? And afterwards they were like, yeah, we didn't think it'd be a GC day today. And then we kind of got surprised. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> like, um, And so I would... I don't know. I, I'm not sure. And, and in Basque Country, there was a bit of chaos as well. I do think, Benji, you want to isolate Remco and kind of attack him one by one. So I don't I don't necessarily see it as a bad thing making the race uh, hard. I think that's better than just letting Quickstep dictate it and trying to do their thing with Remco. Um, because I don't trust his team necessarily to always be there and they're not experienced in running for GC and controlling different attacks. The only fear I have with Quickstep is that they go for a, a defensive strategy instead of an offensive strategy. We know that for Remco, attacking on early parts and stages sometimes on moments where people don't expect it have led to victories for him. And I fear that a few times in one-week races this year, they've come out and said, okay, we're going to take it more relaxed. We're going to make sure we save the energy to have them at the end. I think if you can get the early advantage with Remco, it's better to do that. And if he can't hold out for three weeks, then he's just not good enough to win a Grand Tour as a consequence. Like, I don't know. I think I don't want them to do that strategy. Like, if you think he's going to struggle on sierra nevada so you're like we shouldn't waste energy before well you still need to gain time if you think he's going to yeah. lose time on sierra nevada stage four no sorry stage five irunta bilbao san sebastian style basque stage they have to send it the team they have they can pace every climb on this yeah. 190k stage and he has to send that climb now he's not going to drop everybody most likely he won't but these other teams have multiple GC options, and if you then have them stay in the race like a Coos, like a Kelderman, like Plap, like Ayuso, McNulty, or Armada, if you have them stay in the race, you have problems then in week two and three. Hindley and Roglic, okay, Roglic might be undercooked, so try him week one, early doors. Hindley, yeah. again, he does really well in the back end of the, the Grand Tours, Try him early. I think they have to send that sort of stage. And even if he – just to kill off a few of the GC options. And because what's – it's just perfect for him. Anyway, I, I agree, Benji. That's my biggest concern is that they think they're going to try and do like a tradition – they're going to approach it in a traditional way with a completely unique style rider. Firmly agree. And I think an example, for example, is I think we had the Vuelta – was it last year or the year before that we started off with Arate in the first three stages somewhere? I think the first stage – and we saw that the tempo was already pretty hard on that first stage, and riders like Vlasov and Sofo were already behind in GC. Sure, I think Vlasov was ill that Vuelta, but that's an example. Like, 
of certain riders will not start as well to in perfect shape. And if you use the first week to try and counter them and put them in a position that they're behind already, then those teams internally already have to make decisions. Like, let's say that Ineos loses two of their five potential leaders in week one. Yep. Then they're going to use those two riders as domestiques from that point on is because they've still got three riders that are good in GC. But at least you've got two out of the way already. And that way you're, you are reducing the amount of riders that can attack you in the coming stages. So I firmly agree with what you're saying. I think that would be the perfect strategy for Emco to do here. I think when it comes to the team time trial, they're going to be relatively okay. I oh, do believe be they got a, a strong team Kavani and so far. Valafilippe's a decent train time trialist. Yeah, very true. And do they train it in the wind tunnel? I actually don't know. I think it's an airfield for for a quick step. <laughs> they, I think they did it back, even back when they were in Denier in February. Remco's mm -hmm. been at the um, sink, not the um, simulated altitude hotel training with uh, Vanderpool before this race. But yeah, again, like we'll get into it. Stage six again, like they have to go full Sandy uh, for Remco, <laughs> and that's we've already spoken about Bora. They bring Hindley, Fabro, Buchmann's out. Uh, Bora said he had a UTI and can't start. Uh, Kelderman, Agita, Bennett with Van Poppel, Cock, and Mullen. So it's a split team exactly down the middle. We have four GC guys in Hindley, Fabro, Kelderman, Agita, and then four as part of the lead out for Bennett. Uh, Bennett himself and Popple, Koch and Mullen. Mullen, obviously, and Koch and Van Poppel can do ruler duties for the GC guys. Uh, they're more than capable of that. It's, I don't know what to expect from Hinley Benji. Uh, I've not seen him perform in the heat. Um, I don't think the parkour suits him as well, although Sierra Nevada, there is that one stage where he could go completely mental and it does suit him a lot. Um, Kelderman, I think it suits really, really well, as well as Agita. I think Agita will end up being their um, their top guy. Um, hmm. it, it just the punchy finishes. I think it'll take bonus, but then there's the TT, and uh, their TTT should be good. But again, we can probably do this a bit quicker. But I think Bora, as I said for Ineos, should keep their options open as long as possible deep into the race. Firmly agree. I think Jai Hindley might be trying to go for that Giro Vuelta. He won the Giro, obviously. He's now trying for the Vuelta. When it comes to Kelderman, I think the time trial aspect fits him. I think the the one climb, one big climb in a stage aspect also fits a Kelderman, for example, especially with the gradients that we have on them. Reminds me of the Etna stage in 2020, for example, although that's pretty different ground tour altogether. Higita, I think he's going to win multiple stages. I think that he's got the kick to win mountain stages from a group sprint at the top and some of these climbs are not necessarily the stages where i expect grandiose gaps in between gc riders but just a few that will drop and then we'll have a group sprint at the top and Igita's perfect at that situation so he's going to win multiple stages dead set it's happening write it down in your black book Igita's winning multiple stages and the question then is will we ever see those gc leaders of bora for example set something up for Higita at the top, like, or will they all ride for themselves? Let's nah, say there's Kelderman's a good teammate. He okay. rode in stage okay. 14 of the Giro. He's good. Um, I think Fabro being in is better for the team chemistry because yeah. Bookman, I'm not sure he would have done that. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think I think it should be okay. I, I don't think that – I think the better question is, Benji, this team, UAE, Ackerman for sprints, he has been looking good. He brings with him Milano as a leader, Oliveira as a sort of ruler. 
Almeida, Ayuso, McNulty, Soler, Polance. They also have four guys who probably, I would assume, have been told you get to have your own chances here. And McNulty also, he's he's on the list. The parkour really suits McNulty too. Um, I, I'm 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 not sure they're going to ride for McNulty. He will. I think he's a good teammate. But will you see Ayuso and Soler ride for Almeida? Ooh, I mean, Soler did in Catalonia. He actually did on that stage for Almeida. But what do you think will happen with the Ayuso Almeida pairing? It's back. Well, it's it's a difficult situation as well when you look at the type of riders they are. Now, Almeida and Ayuso, we've had that beautiful adventure in Catalonia, for example. What a wonderful stage race that was, seeing them basically somewhat ride against each other in stages. And that is obviously giving drama and content for us. But when it comes to their team, it's intriguing. Ayuso and Almeida both have a finishing skill at the top of climbs, even though with Almeida it's difficult because... How do you work for an Almeida? This rider, on a climb of 13 kilometers, with 7k to go, he will be at the back of the group. With 6k to go, he will be 10 meters behind it. He will do that for the entire climb. And in the last kilometer, he will come back to the five riders that are at the front. And then he might or might not have the energy to beat them. Will you, as a team, if you're McNulty or if you're a Yuzo there, decide, um, let's say, I don't know, like... They should sit in McNul- the front group if they can. Yeah. I think and so neutralize as well. it. That's good for Almeida, and then he can come back. Yeah, but Ayuso will attack. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't think Ayuso's pure climbing is that good compared to okay. some of the other top Gs. I think, like at Catalonia, he was just holding on, except for La Molina. I think the I think he's fast though. I think Ayuso is very very fast in a finish, yeah. and he should have won that La Molina stage if they worked well together. Now, I will say. It doesn't. I don't think UAE should go into this race and say. Almeida's leader, we 100% yep. ride for him. First of all, Almeida, it's not the mountains. Like that stage, that Bill Bow stage, Benji, if Quickstep said that, would you be surprised if he randomly lost a minute? I wouldn't with that descent finish. Like he can sometimes just randomly lose time in medium mountain stages when he's not expecting it, when he's at the back of the group. Like on Pick yeah, on but- Blanco, he was at the back and he lost time to Sivakov because he was just kind of sitting at the back. I think they should keep their options open. They should, again, try and use multiple riders, hope that one of McNulty, Ayuso uh, come good and can be GC options, and that's how I play. I also think you don't extend Juan Ayuso to 2028, longest contract in pro cycling, to be a domestique at his first home grand tour, and I don't think he should be tactically. It will benefit Almeida tactically if Ayuso is a co-leader. I agree with that completely. When it comes to Almeida, it's also interesting to look into those time losses he has on those stages and ask yourself, what is the reason here? Is it a tactical reason from the team car that they weren't expecting something to happen on Picon Blanco? No, that's not possible. Is it because it's his strategy to be at the back and ride his own tempo on climbs that doesn't allow him to respond to attacks that happen at the front of a group? That's potentially one of the pathways you can think of. Is it just that he's a bit nonchalant on climbs? We don't know that aspect. It's... That's it. Is it? Well, okay. So mountaintop finish, blockhouse, Lagunas tonight. It's perfect. He's doing on a steep gradient, steady. He's trying to. He's doing a challenge that we don't realize. He's trying to match his normalized power to his average power. Noble, and it actually works on blockhouse and Lagunas tonight. In this sort of parkour, like that Bill Bow stage, if you get detached from a split 
on a six to seven percent drafting climb, and then the group goes away, and then they begin a descent, and you're in a group with Mikel Biscara trying to come back on a plateau, you're fucked, and you're going to lose time because it's a descent finish, and then draft becomes hugely important. You can't afford to be at the back on those sort of things. So I think he gets in trouble on those Benji because he is doing his at the back thing, and then the parkour flips. Suddenly we're on a descent. There's, he's on the back end of a split because he's hanging out with guys who are not as good as him, and then he's chasing back. Um, also, his descending, frankly, that's his biggest weakness. Like his descending yeah. is a big, big problem. It's not maybe mask level, but it's it's not good. Um, e as well. So that's UAE. I'm quite kind of. I'm actually really excited to see what Ayuso and Almeida can do. I'd also worry about maybe Almeida in the heat. I'll whip through some of the other GC guys. Uh, Bike Exchange bring another split squad. Uh, Hamilton and Yates for GC. Groves with the lead out. Durbridge, O'Brien, Scotts, and Hepburn. Craddock for wow. uh, sprints. And their TTT squad, I think, will be really good. Nibali's last Grand Tour at Astana. They actually bring a really good squad. It's a really good team, Benji. Tejada, he sh- he's not had a great year, but he can be better. Fedorov, De La Cruz, Lopez, Mythical Pronsky, Batistella, Lutschenko. Of course, like they won't work for each other, but... It's actually a really, really good team. Uh, Aaron's minute DSM, he should be going for a top 10 here. And you also will be hoping for on this sort of parkour with a TT and steady gradients. Den Cole, Brenner, keen to see Brenner, yeah. Donovan and Van Denebiel. Bahrain's not announced, but I think it'll be Lander, Maida, Pools, Petrago. Petrago could be really, really good on these punchy finishes. Uh, Quintana at Arkea, EF unannounced. Movistar desperately need master top five at at worst, uh, they bring and the Ultima Bala, Valverde, Mas Verona, Oliveira, Rojas, Norsgaard, Mulberger, Luis Mas, No, Imanol Erviti, or Aaron Baru, who are doing Tour of Britain Limousin for points. So I think that's nothing to do with their shape. That's just is what yep. is an O'Connor Asia to are any of them you'd like to uh, shine a light on, Benji? Just to, just to like ask, like, did you mention El Patron or not? Oh, fuck, I didn't. So, yeah. We now know Jira, the brakes went easily and early. Easy day for everybody. I looked at those hungry stages. Oh, no, he didn't have pink then. Uh, some of the stages very easy. Tour de France, brake really, formation was really hard. Why was that? El Juanpe Patron was not there. He's back. Expect to see three Pro Conti Spanish teams in the break <laughs> and an easy day for the boys because El Patron is here. He'll throw a fucking bid on at your head. If you try restart brake fighting when the right brake is gone. So, yeah, he's here. Um, he, he's going for top 10. The climbs don't suit him, though. Like, he, he's one of those guys who gets blown away, like on Etna, on 5 6%. Not good for him. Yeah, and, like, there's also the aspect of, like, Bahrain. The team has not been fully announced. It's difficult to, like, guess those riders. You mentioned them. Santi's like, doing it I'm... in Lander, I think, for sure. Oh, okay, okay. But... I'm indeed also very intrigued by Butrago. Like you mentioned, he's shown a lot this year when it comes to winning a Giro stage, doing well at Burgos, for example. Was it Burgos? It wasn't Burgos. What stage? Oh, God. What race was it? I think it was. That... Was it Burgos? Was it Burgos? Like the punchy yeah. sprint and then he, he lost on Lugnes and I? Yeah, Burgos. Uh, I hope that he has a good day or at least a few good days in this Grand Tour. And yeah, it's going to be really sad to see the last Grand Tour of Vincenzo Nibali. I'm going to cry on the last day of this Vuelta and there's nothing you can do about it. And Is he going to do a Contador like in, 2017? Do you see it? Oh, I don't see it. I'm a broken man already. I'm not in the mood to 
to even dream. Don't give me hope, my friend. Don't give me hope. I think he could. I think he could. I'm uh, already getting my shark onesie out now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty much everyone for GC. So it's a really good fight. There's also Froome uh, and Woods at Israel and Hagen for some reason. And but yeah, Sprinters, it's a little bit thin on the ground. I assume Merlier is going for Alpsen, although they're not announced. McClay for Arkea with no Buani, who's had terrible injuries uh, after that Turkey crash, I think. So McClay probably going for top fives. Uh, Herb and Tayson, I think winner stage, Intermarche Sprinter. Ooh. And Bennett, obviously, for Bora. Turnus and Benji mentioned, which I didn't realize, actually might go for himself. Hater doesn't really contest bunch sprints, but will be going for the difficult stages, which end in a sprint. Ackerman has looked good at UAE. And, it's, yeah, but it's, it's thin. Uh, Peñalva at Burgos, it's really, really thin for, for sprinters. Uh, Groves, actually, sorry. I've been talking Groves up a lot. He's off to Alberson. We'll see him versus Merlier. So it's... We'll get into the, I think it's better to talk about the sprinters for each of the stages, and we'll do that now. Um, but let us know down below, who do you see as a dark horse for GC? Is it a Gita? To be honest, to me, it looks really, really open. And with Roglic's condition unknown, I'm really I'm really struggling to firmly put a finger on who will take up this race and dominate it. Um, but anyway, stage one, team time trial. 23 kilometers, pancake flat, maybe a bit technical in Utrecht. Uh, Jumbo Visma will be hugely important for them, sponsor-wise, one would think, to target this for the stage. But are they as strong as Quickstep, who maybe trained a little bit more? I see the top teams for the team time trialers, Ineos, Quickstep, Bike Exchange, Jumbo. And I think that Quick, I think uh, Bike Exchange is going to win the team time trial. Interesting. That's actually a pretty good take, I think. I'm going to go with... I would have said Ineos. I'm going to say Ineos. I think Ineos is going to win the team time trial. This is Bigham's like... This Godriguez. is his dream, right? Rodriguez starts in red, finishes in red, wins the Vuelta. The end. Does he get dropped from the team time trial by the team? Like... Oh, See, what the fuck? Wouldn't Bigham normally, just mention Lantern Rouge Discord, Bigham would normally have some sort of alternative strategy where they spend riders really early and then they drop off. But the only ones they can do that with are Van Baal and Turner. Even Hater, they might want to keep close to take a jersey. So it'd be interesting to see their strategy. Movistar have been good in team time trials in the past. Maybe that's why they brought Norsgaard. But yeah, I like Bike Exchange just because of the Durbridge, Hepburn, Craddock, Groves, O'Brien. Nah. They'll be big odds. That's a sort of a big <laughs> underdog shout. The favorites are Ineos, Quickstep, and, and Yumbo. Uh, Quickstep, probably the favorite. Stage two, Pancake Flat Sprint. Little first KOM is Cat 3, which is 1.2K, 3.3%. That's a, don't know how that's a Cat 3. Um, finishing, flat finishing Utrecht. No Jakobsen here. I have to go with Tim Melier, Benji. I think so as well, and it's a common aspect of the second stage, but also the, the third stage, which we also go into. But before we do that, there's a bonus sprint with oh, 17 true. kilometers to go, and I've got no clue what's going to happen there. Are we going to see the, the vicious Remco Evenepoel sprint again that he we saw against Bernal? He's going to do it again? He said he'd never no. do it again. Oh, okay. But then again, he did it at Basque Country, didn't he, before... The last climb so, in the... <laughs> it's so <laughs> pointless. Uh, yeah. Uh, but geez, that was the last stage. He said he wouldn't do it in an early stage. But um, I guess we glossed <laughs> over the TTT. I don't expect huge gaps 
in the team time trial in 2019, it was 13Ks, 10K less. We're talking like five to 20 seconds. There were small gaps. There were crashes. Yumbo probably would have won. There might have been bigger gaps and UAE crashed too. Um, but I'm not expecting huge gaps, but I am expecting, Renji brought up the intermediate sprint, that unfortunately for Tim Merlier and Ackerman, they, or maybe not UAE, yeah, could Ackerman take the jersey, Benji? Because UAE, if they stay within... 10 seconds, that's close. You only have to stay within no. 10 seconds. He then needs to go to the intermediate, and then he needs to top two both sprints. It's possible Ackerman takes the jersey. Oh, as in Ackerman takes the jersey after stage after three. After the PTT, after stage three. Because yeah. I think Alperson but... will try with Melier, but I don't think they'll stay close enough. But UAE's TTT might be better. I don't believe it. I don't see it happening. Ackerman will not take the jersey after three stages. I believe Merlier will most likely win one or two stages in the first three. I'd say let's go with one. Let's not give it all to Merlier here. And then he should dip out after stage three. We know that stage three is also completely flat from Breda to Breda, near Belgium, by the way. So close to my heart. And it's also completely flat. So yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know there's not much to say. It's like the Denmark, a Groenewegen and Jakobsen split the uh, Tour de France sprints in Denmark. Melier, I think, takes one, and I think uh, Herben Tayson takes the other one. In or do you think he's going to be better? In ah, uh, anyway, I think I think Herben Tayson uh, for that one. But I think Ackerman takes the jersey after stage three. I think Alpsen should save the airfare and the air miles on Melier and let him stay in. Uh, Dutch-speaking uh, countries uh, before the transition day. So who have you got Who have you got for stage three? I will go for, when it comes to stage three, in other, like, pure Groves. flat sprint. I'm, going, I'm not going to go for Groves. I think I'm going to go for Groves on one of the, like, Mixed rougher sprint stages that come in Spain afterwards. I'm going to go for Mes Pedersen. Oh, he's here, true. And it's in, yeah, it's in Northern Europe. Okay. And yeah, because he might not like the heat. And is his team good enough to take the jersey, knowing Dan Hole, Motor Hole is there? Yeah, Dan Hole is like the biggest human I've ever fucking seen. If you look at the, <laughs> the Netherlands European Champs team photo, he's like two meters tall. Yeah, so maybe they should be at Tiberi, although they do have <laughs> Juan Pei and Kenny. They were the TTT. Holy shit. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> <laughs> they shouldn't be allowed to pull. It should just be rotating the big Northern European guys on the front. <laughs> oh, I love Kenny. He looked good in Burgos. Watch out for Kenny. He could win a stage. Anyway, they then go down to, not to Bounce Country initially. Sorry, I misspoke. It's in Navarra region, I think, in Vittoria Gasteiz uh, to La Guardia. It's a, it does look like a, it, this is going to be interesting. 154Ks, there's like yeah, it's sort of soft, medium mountain with like 3K, 7%, 5K, 7%, but early. And then the last main climb is 3K, 8%. And then rolling ridgeline is 6.6K, 5.2% overall. And then an uphill kick, which is, it's uncategorized, but it's too hard for sprinters, I think. It looks like the Ethan Hayter finish. And here's the problem, Benji. Are Enios going to pace for Ethan Hayter like they did on Tour de Romandy Stage 1 when they have all these GC guys and set Hayter up for this stage? Our quick step, is Remco going to pace for Julian Alaphilippe like he did in the Basque Country and try and set him up for this stage? Are Jumbo Visma going to pace for Primoz Roglic for him to try and take bonus or a stage here? 
or even Ayuso could be good on this. These are the questions I don't know the answers to. Um, my, If I was the DS of any of those teams, my answer would be no, and I'd let the break win this stage. I think so as well. Now, with Israel, you've also got the question. Bevan Impey is also a similar finish for Ooh, them, Impey, I guess. Yeah. I think they're candidates for that, but will they be able to, like... Will Itamar Ardenhorn and Omar Goldstein and Demarki be able to control from the peloton, for example? I think this is the kind of state where you can't expect a a break to win because the peloton might underestimate. But it also depends on who has the jersey initially, eh? Like, if the rider in the jersey from the team time trial is a rider that wants to get rid of the jersey, then that's fine. If it's a rider that is, I don't know... Intermarche, if somehow Herben Tyson has a jersey... Yeah, but he's losing it anyway on this stage. <laughs> I don't know. Nice try. <laughs> but I get what you mean. If it's a rider who, like, it is a big thing for him to have the jersey, that team will pace. If it's quick, like, this is, we said quick step should, shouldn't be defensive, but I also don't think they should take upon them the responsibility to just control a stage yeah. for, for nothing. And I think it takes a lot of discipline to let the jersey go. And I just, I just see this as a, a waste of energy. I mean, maybe they send the 3K 8% client. Everyone's going to be fresh, though. I'm really struggling to know who's going to win this stage. And I would love – what I would actually love, Benji, is for Valverde to deliberately lose 15 minutes in the Netherlands and go on the break this stage. Um, it, it's not going to happen, it, mate. Of, co- of course it won't happen. <laughs> but I'd love to – Well, I'll just see Movistar might lose 15 minutes in a team time trial. That, yeah, they've always been, been all right in the team time trials. I'm going with um, I'm going with Quentin Pacher from the break. I'd even argue that if it's not from the break, he might get a top five because yeah. he's got that kick. Punchy this I'm year. going for a. I just I just want to see like a random Spanish break. Okay, like <laughs> give it this stage. Like we've seen stages like this in the Vuelta again, 2020, 2019, I don't know, where Soler attacked on the second last climb and ended True. up winning with a downhill finish. And it could be rainy here. I'm going to go for Raul Garcia Pierna from Equipo Ken Pharma. Don't know who that Patrick's is. Patrick's like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, I only know Rojo Adria. <laughs> He's the Spanish national champion time trial. He was 21st on Laguna Zanaya, so he's not dog shit. Okay. And in Adriatica Ionica, he got third on a hilly stage. So he can get over hills. He's going to go in the break and win a stage in the Vuelta and everybody's going to be like, who the fuck is that? Okay, that's not a bad shout. Look for Gernalek from the break um, as well. I think Pasha takes it and takes the jersey. I also think Batistella uh, should try and get the break for Astana. But I really think you should be letting... Pasha is the perfect guy to give the jersey to, right, Benji? Because he climbs just well enough that he can keep it for a while. Also, FDJ will honor the jersey and do the controlling, but he's not good enough to be a real GC threat. I think he's the perfect guy to give the jersey to. Um, stage five, this is the up and down stage in the Basque Country from Irun to Bilbao. Again, it could be raining. And we have reps of the Alto uh, del Viero, which is 4.7K, 7.7%, with some steeper sections in there. Then the descent is 14 kilometers into Bilbao. Uh, just went there the other day. It was hot, so if it's that sort of weather, it's not going to be <laughs> Mark Soler style stage. Uh, I hope to see a GC attack, but again, Benji, it's a lot of controlling. I think uh, I think Julian Alphilippe wins this stage from a group sprint. 
I actually like that take. I do like that take. It'll be now, a favorite. It's an obvious pick. <laughs> it is a pretty obvious pick. I'm going to go with Ethan Hater on this stage. I believe he's surviving those hills and beating Alaphilippe in the end. Yeah, but I, fuck. I think the Alto del Vivero is the same climb that's going to be in the Tour de France 2023 um, Basque Country start. He's in stage one, I think, that climb. So interesting to see what's going to happen here with Alaphilippe at the start because that might explain what might happen in 2023 in the Tour de France in that parkour. I think it's also in Circuito de Ghecho, by the way. Um, anyway, nice parkour. I like it. I like uh, it. We're talking about Alaphilippe, but an Emco early. Come on, come on, come on. No, no, we both, no, I know. We both know what we think should happen, but <laughs> the reality is I think it's going to be a group sprint. Um, I do think Quickstep, if they want Alaphilippe to win, he's not as fast as Hater. They need to send that. Dark horses for this is Patrick Bevan and Daryl Impey once again. If it's a bit soft, Bevan beat Hater in a sprint in Romedy in a similar sort of maybe a bit lighter parkour. Uh, stage yeah. six, this is the first mountaintop finish. It is 179Ks from Bilbao to Ascension Al Picojano San Miguel de Aguayo. Jesus Christ, the, the climb name's longer than the climb on the profile. Um, <laughs> this is actually quite a hard stage. It's got rolling medium mountain. It's got 8.6K, 6%. That won't do anything early, but it's up and down all in the middle in the valley. It's not a flat valley. Then they got like 4K, 7% descent, then an uphill drag, then 6.2Ks, 8.7% with a steep finish uh, with about uh, 45 kilometers to go descent. Then the first 7Ks of this climb is 8%. There's then a flat little plateau in the middle for a K or so. And then the last bit, I think, is a bit shallower. It's 12.6K, 6.6% overall. Again, climbs with a flat section in the middle of it. Remco Avenapol, this is where Quickstep should be trying to let him attack, where he attacks just before the flat section. He gets a gap. He's suddenly going at 45 kilometers an hour. Hindley and others are looking at each other like, I don't feel like chasing this, and then he can motor to the finish. Uh, will that happen? I'm not sure. I do think... Yeah. Do you think break, though? Like, I, I'm going with Jay Vine for the stage, but do you think the break is actually going to make it? Because it's a long day to control. I'll be honest, I find it very difficult to, like, guess at this point from before the Grand Tour starting, whether there's going to be teams willing to control these stages. So I'm just going off my idea that if it comes to actually GC winning these stages, I think Remco Evenpool wins the stage in a similar fashion that you mentioned and takes the red jersey on day six of this Vuelta España. And yes, a user when so thought might respond to that. Hey, Carlos Rodriguez. Almeida will probably try and hold on to the back of the group that is chasing, for example, until the top of the climb, and then we'll attack that group, and then we'll gain a few seconds on those riders. But, but this is I one of those climbs where that doesn't here. suit so much. The end of this, it's it's not 9%. Yep. I think Remco takes red here. Okay, Simple. not a bad shout. I, find, I don't disagree, really, but I'm going with the break. I'm going with the vine. Um, next stage, really weird stage, 194Ks. I think they're going down to the Castilla Leon region. It's into finishes in Sistierna. It has one 20k six percent climb in the middle, and then a rolling. 
it looks like a Veltra San Juan stage. And then after that is 63 Ks of flat. So there's literally a first cat and nothing else in the middle of the stage. And it's shallow. I think Ineos have to go for Hayter on this, surely. This is the Hayter against Bevan. Does Groves make it? I uh, agree that Hayter should be the man for Ineos to go for on a stage like this. We saw a similar stage in, was it some Norwegian race? The one that Evenepoel won, where they had echelons also after the climb yeah, in the middle of the stage. That was stage. shorter though. But 20k, 6%. 20. That's a long one. The sprinters like really, one. they're good f- from like 5 to 15, but 20Ks at 6% is going to be half an hour plus. Yep. I'm afraid that it's going to be tough for Groves as well to get over this in one piece. But it's also still 65 kilometers after the climb exactly. that they need to keep it going. Does Ineos have the manpower to do so? Will there be other riders that are from other teams where we Israel. see a GC rider having a bad day? And dropping Ooh. on that San Glorio climb. And then other teams are like, oh, well, actually, we want that guy out of the race. Let's just put a rider at the front and help out, for example. Israel with Bevan, for example, that rider can get over a climb like this. Yep. So I see that happening. I see. So you Bevan think Ineos will get Hate. help from people? Yes, I think so. I think Hater wins the stage. Yes, I've named him like twice already, uh, but it's going to happen. Or could there be a breakaway? Could a breakaway. I don't know. This is like a for a, a Hater and Bevan. I think it should be. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Hater as well, just because it fits in so perfectly. Uh, the next stage, stage eight, second last before the rest day, first rest day, uh, Saturday stage, 156 k's. This is quite hard. If this was stage 20, we would see absolute fireworks from the gun because it opens up with a 7k 6.3 percent climb we would see satellite riders getting the breakaway we would see action uh but we probably won't because it's not the end of the race um unfortunately <laughs> so there's like it's just medium mountain all day 7k 6 percent into 5k's five and a half six five and a half percent five and a, six point six k's five and a half percent three point eight k's eight percent then uh about 30 k's of rolling flat before the Fanquaya climb, this hard climb, 10.3K, 7.8%, but the steeper sections in it. Um, this climb looks quite good for Hindley, and he won stage nine in Blockhouse from a group sprint. I am going with João Almeida. Ooh, spicy. I think the initial uphill climb start means that there's going to be Attempts for a larger breakaway to form. Will enough people already be behind in GC to make that happen? I think they will. And therefore, I'm going to call a victory for Juanpe Lopez on this stage. Because why not? It is a bit steeper. It does suit him a bit more. El Patron. Yeah. El Patron. Maybe takes red. Give him red as well. And then he will be El Patron again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean... The thing I'm... is... Yeah, go ahead. Well, I just, again, I echo what you said in the previous stage or the stage before. It's really hard to know what teams yeah. are going to want to do. Like, again, if I was Ineos, and I'm not, but if I was Ineos and I really want to, I don't want a podium, I want to win this race with somebody, I would get Luke Plapp to absolutely fucking launch that first class. <laughs> and like he did in catalonia i would get him to full send it yeah but what happens afterwards he can hang on he's fine he's better now 
It was raining in Catalonia. <laughs> it's going to be hot here. He's good. Don't worry about it. He'll be fine. He'll, he'll be in the group. And then try and isolate Ava Nepal and then create carnage. It, it won't happen because it's stage eight, but if you want to win the race, you have to use your numbers. Sivakov is good on this too. Sivakov's really strong on these 7K, 6% climbs. Same with Rodriguez, who's a good descender, efficient riders. Um, that's what I would try and do to put Roglic, Hindley, Avonapol under a lot of pressure early. I think when it comes to these stages, it's also intriguing. And we haven't mentioned it too much about the previous stages either. For example, in stage five, we had on that Alto del Vivero, a bonus gate at the top, for example. Will we see an attack of an Avonapol on the Vivero to try and make that happen before they end up winning that stage inevitably with Alaphilippe? Because that's what you said would happen, or Ethan Hater, because that's what I said would happen. The stage afterwards, we had a bonus gain on the second last climb. In this stage that we're talking about right now, we have a bonus gate that is basically with 56 kilometers to go on a random hill. Like, the break takes that, right? Yeah. What's the point? I, I don't really know. Juan Bay will make people let him take it, I guess, if he's in the break. <laughs> or do you, are you saying he's going from the GC group from break? No, 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 breakaway. Like... <laughs> I just wanted to mention that this yeah. bonus gate, I don't know why they put yeah. it there, but it makes zero sense. Remember when they had that 3K, 12% wall, 80Ks from the finish, and Yumbo rode up it with rulers, six across the road at three <laughs> watts per kilo? Like it yeah. was like a really hyped wall. And then just the break, break was ahead. That was last year, wasn't it? I think Vine was in yeah. the break. Uh, anyway, I'm hopeful for this stage, a hard finish. I think Almeida uh, and Ayuso do well on this finish. Uh, stage nine. The only ramp bass finish, 176Ks. It has medium mountain, again, all day. And then the Freres climb, 3.8Ks, 13%. Super, super steep. 13% average for 3.8Ks. It's very, very hard. That being said, you've got to remember about these these sort of climbs. Everyone's like, oh, how Sivakov, he can't compete in this welter because of Freres. It's like the time gaps, I think, on this last time, they're very, very small because it, it is a short climb. It's not a 20-minute climb. The time gaps are not shouldn't be hugely decisive. That being said, I have to go with uh I have to go with Roglic Benji. Really, no okay. one's no one's in his class of puncher here except maybe Erlites Remco. Ooh, that's the one. It's gonna and be the a one of the better. Pardon? It's gonna be one v one. Roglic versus Woods. And that like we, we haven't mentioned Roglic too much so far, and obviously if he's in fantastic form, then he's going to be fucking great in this yeah. in this first week as well. But it's impossible for us to know whether he's going to be in that form or not. So I'm kind of just like expecting him to be good, but also not expecting him to be godlike in week one and then right into the race towards the end. That's how I see it. And with this stage, it's for, for, far enough into the race for him to start mattering when it comes to not playing it defensively anymore and going offensive. And I think him versus Woods is a good take. And I'm going with Woods because it's going to take one more day before Roglic is in top four. <laughs> well, and Woods is actually, Murderwee's not steep enough for Mike Woods. Mike okay. Woods, on if a climb is, we saw in that um, Galician four-day race, <laughs> it's not the biggest race, but Woods on like stupid steep, for two Ks plus is world class there with Roglic. Like he's so, so good on it. I think it's Alaphilippe. I don't see Benji. No. I don't, I just don't see it. Um, Remco, people are probably expecting Remco to lose a lot of time on this. If he's holding shape, I'm not expecting him to lose a lot of time. Either. Arden's one. That's where, yeah. 
Aronsman, Plapp, Sivakov, they're the sort of guys who won't be looking forward to this climb in particular. I'd love again to see Balor in the break. But that's before the first rest day of the Vuelta. We've had uh, a decent Second. number of stages that could be GC stages, but I actually think we could have six breakaways in a row. Yeah, second rest day, right? We have a rest day for oh, I don't count the first. Well, yeah, first proper rest day, transition day oh, okay. from Netherlands to uh, to Spain. Um, yeah. And then we have the time trial. We are actually in Alicante, from Elche to Alicante, 31.5K is pretty flat, like very, very flat. Perfect for Avonapol and Roglic. And I think Avonapol wins the TT, Benji. I think so as well. I think we always forget to mention Cavagnon time trials, but even if is a better time trawler, so... <laughs> I don't forget. You just don't mention him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just commit it to the bit at this point. Um, I ruined the bit now by mentioning him. Oh, God, I ruined the meme. Anyway, when it comes to this time trial, it's pretty pancake flat, to be honest. There's one, like, small bump in the last five kilometers, so... And then Craven takes it, and that brings us to actually, like... GC rider, we all with the team time trial and with the time trial, we mentioned who's gonna win it, who's gonna do well when it comes to GC rider, who's gonna have a dog shit time trial. That's what I want to talk about. Who's gonna be so terrible that we're gonna laugh at it? That's what we need to know. Rodriguez. Oh, get out of here. Get out of I don't here. Think you his are TT now is that good. You're a fucking I criminal. <laughs> uh, anyone on Intermarche, Froome, <laughs> Woods, Chavez, Lander. Quintana, Quintana uh, won't be good. Juanpe, Miguel Angel Lopez, fair few. I think Hindley will be fine. Aguirre should be okay. But the, the, the TT, we, we've sort of, with this TT coming up, Benji, Plap should do well. Sivakov, Sivakov and Rodriguez will just do fine. They won't do spectacular. Plap yeah. should do better than them. Carapaz should do okay, but not terrible. Even a Paul Roglic, you got a. What are they taking here? A minute on a lot of riders. Doesn't that so. mean that Hindley's and the Carapaz of this world do have to be attacking those guys in week one? Uh, I think a lot of the time when we look at a Grand Tour, we often see that on the mental side of things, they start panicking more after the time yeah. trial than before the time trial. So they wait I to see that- the actual loss. They don't project the loss. Exactly. And sometimes they come too late by the end because of that. So it's hard to predict whether teams are going to be like, oh, let's take time before the time trial because we're going to need it. Instead of like, oh, we lost time in the time trial. Now we need to take time. That kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I do want to mention that we we forgot a few riders when it comes to the actual time trial. I think Ardensman will have a great time trial, for example. This is where he takes time back that he loses on that steep climb, for example. That's where he returns to the top. Great time trial is that Polonia, for example. Hater's going to do well for the stage. Top three. Ooh. Definitely. Yeah, and hate, hate is good. Don Hall is going to get a good result. <laughs> I don't see. I mean, yeah. Don Hall, maybe. Hater's a good result. I think, yeah, Hater, even a pole, Roglic will be the top three. Uh, but I think Benji's right about the mentality of time loss. Uh, next stage is uh, one of the poultry sprint stages. 194.5K is finishing at Cabo de Gata. I think Caden Groves wins this um, because he's Phillips and liked and Malia might be not here anymore so yeah I'm going with Groves I was also going to go for Groves so this is a bit sad now because now I have to pick someone else and no I won't I will stand yeah, by Groves. Groves sorry but I'm not switching around because you're switching around so uh 
Groves win the stage for me. That's how I see it on this one. Next one, 195K, stage 12. This is a, could be, for the Watts per kilo lovers, one of the highest level performances of the year to finishing in Peñas Blancas. It is an easy-ish, easy stage before, no categorized climbs, and then from sea level, not to altitude, a 20-kilometer, 6.4% test. They could go, it's maybe a little bit shallow for the Watts per kilo. You'd like it 8%, um, 7 to 8%. But again, it's a climb that really suits Remco. It really suits uh, Roglic. It doesn't suit the Lopez Quintanas of this world. I think I think Roglic wins this in a sprint, Benji, and works with Avonapol. Okay. Hmm. It's a pretty long climb. There's, ah, uh, you're right. Like, I also believe in the Roglic for this one, but again, in this Grand Tour, we're gonna know the day before, perhaps, if there's gonna be teams that are looking likely to control these stages because this is like 170 kilometers of relative flatness to control, right. and then that final climb. It's I'm changing. It's impossible to. Oh, okay. We've got fine from the breakaway. Yep. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I fucking knew it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I'm going to go for Roglic. For him, man. <laughs> I'm going to steal your pig then. Roglic wins. All right. All right. And to be honest, if Roglic and Avonapol have just taken time in the TT and week one's been soft, why would they need to be aggressive? And then if you're Bora, is this the climb you're going to try with Hindley? I don't think so. If you're Ineos, Sivakov, it kind of suits, but eh, you're not going to back yourself against Remco and Roglic. So maybe... So I've... Benji's convinced me that the break is winning, therefore Jay Vine is winning. I don't know if Jan Hurt is doing this race, um, but yeah, that's what I'm going with. Although Champoussin, nah, Vine smokes Champoussin. Um, even though Champoussin, big money deal at Arkea. Uh, next stage, 170Ks to Montilla. It is no categorized climbs, rolling all day. It's got a little uphill kicker. I don't actually know how hard it is. It's really difficult to see. I think it is... This is, to me, really borderline where I actually think I think Ackerman could surprise on this stage. And I think I think Pascal, uh, I reserve the right to change this if someone shows me the actual readout of the final. It should be Hayter winning in theory, uh, but I'm going with Ackerman. Mess Peterson wins this stage in an uphill uh, sprint true. because he's good at that. He's so good and, at these. Uh, say yeah. she won, right? Yeah. That steep one. Exactly. Yeah. Paranis. Right? Uh, that was a bit shallower. I, 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 yeah. Then that was like a... But yeah, I think Pedersen's a great shout for this. Okay, good call. Stage 14, Saturday, 160.8 Ks. This looks like a Fuga de la Fuga take time back in the breakaway stage to me. It finishes in Sierra de la uh, Pandera. It is shallow at the start, so it'll be hard to get in the break. And then they have 10.1 Ks, 5.5%, short rest. 8.5k, 7.6%. I don't really see why, unless you're Ineos and you want to try attacking with multiple leaders in the little plateau before the climb to create chaos, I don't really see the purpose of a GC team pacing. It does go up to 1850. Uh, I'm I'm trying to think of who's Stora, who's Stora of last year that could, could win this stage. I've got him. Oh, really? Who? Jarko Hanninen. No, come on. Mate, he got fourth at Tour de Lain, rode really well there, 28th at Donostia San Sebastian, 30th at Burgos. I think he's building up to a really decent... I think he's winning a stage in the Vuelta. 
I just don't know if it's going to be this one. I'm going with Carlos Verona uh, from the break, taking time back on GC and the stage, uh, winning this one. Stage 15, this is this is the big boy. This is what Hinley Lopez Coos have been waiting for, 148.3 Ks. We have Perch, which is hard. I re-looked at it. It's like the first 3 Ks are very, very hard. 9.1 Ks, 7.5% descent. And then Sierra Nevada XL, 4.6 Ks, 11% to start. I've got some thoughts on that. And then it's 19.5 Ks, 8% overall. So that first okay. start is, is super, super hard. The first 7.3 is 9.6%. So... Just a tip to all the teams, if you want to beat Renko Avenapol, Carpena first, start, uh, he's kind of like I made it, Carpena first ascent. Micah, this is what Micah always does. He goes to the front, he pushes above threshold super hard, and then dials it back. He did that on Carpena. Remco dropped mentally, like I think he did second Carpena faster than first Carpena. Yeah. I would pace the start of this extremely hard, and hope that Almeida and Remco do, I don't know, have an issue, particularly Almeida, because after it's hard, it's, it's one of these clients where it levels off, and suddenly Almeida will have to spend a lot to come back in the draft uh, when he doesn't have a draft on the shallower 6%. So, yeah, I think I think Bora and Yumbo should really send the base of this. Do you consider the last part of this climb? Hard enough for a Miguel Angel Lopez to make the difference on high altitude, or is it not hard enough when it comes to the grade for that to occur? That's the problem. Is it's not like Hamonetero or other sort of lows. Lows. Yeah, lows. Exactly. Good point. It's I don't know. It's where does it start to get steep? Lows went to twenty three fifty. So no, there's a it's seven seven point one percent at twenty three fifty. And if he goes and he's not in a GC fight, like in the stage he won in the Vuelta last year, Rolovic was like, I'm not going to fight that battle. And Lopez went. I think it, it is just steep enough. Um, I think Hindley, it suits a bit more than Lopez. He's a little bit heavier. I think this is really, really good for Hindley, this climb. Um, and so I'm going to go with Jai Hinley for this climb. If it was steeper, I'd probably go with Lopez. Okay. I enjoy your take there. I believe that's a very viable option for this one. I am going to... Um, I kind of low-key want Quintana to win this stage, but I just don't believe it's happening. <laughs> it's, again, not steep enough. Like, he can, yeah, but like Granol, exactly. his, his performance on Granol was spectacular. Climbs mm-hmm. 9%. The guy's 58 kilos. And this is... But it is to super high altitude. Um, what about GC Kuz, Benji? I don't Roglic? believe in Kuz winning this stage. Roglic wins this stage. Roglic is underrated to altitude. He is like, <laughs> he, just because he's not, like if he was Colombian, everyone would say he's a really good altitude rider. He's a good <laughs> altitude rider. Um, so yeah. yeah, Roglic is a great shout too. Uh, the next stage after the second last rest, of oh, the last rest day rather, 191Ks, will we see... Um, Oh, this is so weird. <laughs> it's got no categorized <laughs> climbs. Then a 1500, I like it, a 1500 meter 6.1% climb. This is what I talk about in the transfer pod about not wanting pure sprints, something interesting. Eight Ks to go. Just a random 6.0% 1500 meter climb. I think Groves wins this stage. I think he gets over it. Ooh, 
spicy. Is the last like are Ineos going to be investing in week three for Hater? Are they going to commit? They need they need Plap or someone to pace. Plap will pace for Hater and we'll do a lead out. You know it's going to happen. Okay, but what? How demoralizing will it be if if they do that and Tour de Romney stage one happens again? In the third week of a Grand Tour, when guys are trying to go for GC. Yeah, but if you like, they can't just think about Tour de Romani stage one. If you don't way, try, you don't get shit. <laughs> exactly. So I believe Hater will try. I believe the likes of Eternison will try to get over this. Mess Peterson, Bevan, Impy, riders like that. Again, who's I Spanish think on this Burgado? stage. <laughs> who's Spanish Burgado? Yeah. Roger who... Adria? Yeah, Didn't you oh, mean no, that? He, he's like he's like twenty kilos, isn't he? He can't he can't do it. I mean, an attack on the on the. Didn't climb. he win a sprint in Valenciana? No, or he was did. that his? I don't he remember. Won, no, no, he won an uphill sprint in um in La Rue d'Occitanie against Valgren and Simon, who are actually fast. So that's not a bad shout. But I mean, someone to attack on the climb like Mikel Xavier uh, 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 Asperen. Um, to attack on the climb or Rudy Millard. But yeah, or Jake Stewart. By the way, know. yeah, I was just going to name Jake Stewart and ask like, what do you expect from this guy? Is he like, because his time trial last year in Besage was great on an uphill kind of like thing, but we haven't seen much of him since then. And then he won a stage recently, but not a top level race. So well, you I don't know said, what to expect. You just said that Jakob Heinen came eighth in GC at Tour de Lance, so... Yeah, but no, fourth in GC in, <laughs> in, in that race, by the way, and almost won the race. So I rate Heinen much more than I rate Stewart at the moment. Mate, that Tour de Lance, that was a bullshit race. Like, Ah, oh, get out of here. <laughs> so this is making groups on 5K, 6% climbs is... Anyway, um, no, nah, it's good to see Heinen. He's good talent, but yeah, I hope he does do better. Um, I still think it's a sprint. I think Groves wins. Anyway, stage 17, getting into the back end. This is soft. We're talking guys going to be behind on GC. What are they going to do yeah. on this? 160Ks, one categorized climb. It's got 4Ks, 7.5% at the start, and then it's 9Ks, 5% overall. Like, what gaps can you achieve on this sort of climb? This has to be break, Benji. And I'm going with... I'm going with Santiago Petrago, I think. Or, I don't know. It's it's weird because it's it's so... Oh, no, there's climbs at the start. I don't know. It's a weird stage. Luis Leon, is he even coming? Um, who do you like? I think it's a breakaway. And I think when it comes to the breakaway, it's going to be a name that we haven't mentioned yet. Have we mentioned him yet? I don't know. Have we mentioned anyone on Lotto Sudal, by the way? I was going to say Can Steph we- Kras, yeah. Possibly, and when I look at other teams, like, hmm, what will Arkea do? Will they put all their eggs in Quintana again, or are they going to have a De La Plaza or Gisbert going in breakaways sometimes? Yeah. We don't know that aspect. When it comes to Burgos, they're going to be in breakaways left and right with Yesabol and so forth, but I don't see that team winning a stage, for example. When it comes to DSM, will they allow a Marco Brenner to go in the breakaway, a Vida Berger, Mark Donovan, for example, and... Fuck it. Marco Brenner wins the stage. He's good. He's looking He's looking really, really good. Uh, I'm going with uh, Bruno Armirail from the breakaway oh. for this one. And we haven't, another guy I haven't mentioned, the two guys is Agita and Yates. I guess Agita, you can pencil in for any of the sort of Roglic Almeida punchy finishes. Yates, 
I don't know. Like Yates is good enough to win on uh, stage eight, Funkaya climb, wouldn't be surprised, but it's going to be tough. But Yates, of course, I expect to be there as well. Uh, stage 18, this is a stage, again, 190Ks. It has t- two Category 1 climbs, but they're shallow. Um, there's seven point, uh, 3.7Ks, 8.6%. There's then 13.6Ks, 5%. Descent, 13.3Ks, 5.6%. Super shallow from sea level. I just, I think Verona... I think Verona wins this, Benji. I have to go for him again um, and takes time back in the breakout. I don't know what his shape will be. Or who do you – like why would GC – what can GC do on 5%? I don't know, but is there going to be anyone crazy enough to try something on that La Desespera 10% climb <laughs> halfway the race to set up to for pure null and so forth? I don't know. Are they going to try and make it hard already from that point onwards and then attack away on Pjornal for that bonus gate, for example, try and make it to the finish line, stuff like that. It's not hard enough, Pjornal. I don't know. When I look at this final climb, I'd say Yuzo wins the sprint in the bunch at the end of the climb against Roglic and so forth, even though Roglic could also win it. But it's kind of a stage where we, again, don't know if it's breakaway or or GC. I'm just going to wing it and say breakaway and I'm going to go for a Yuzo on this one. I'm going with. I'm changing to Botrago for the record. Uh, the next stage, stage 19. Again, it's 132k short. It has two reps of a 9k, six percent climb. It's just I don't think it's hard enough to try any sort of raid tactics. Really, maybe I mean if Avenapol's behind, maybe Quickstep can try. But if he's ahead, it's going to be difficult. Again, I see breakaway. It should be probably a small group sprint who's quick that could get in the breakaway. Uh, I'm going to go with Ethan Hayter should try and get in the break here. Isn't that the play for him to get in the break? Or Philippe in the break? Um, but I'm going to go with Juan Milano. Wait, what? Really? Can you climb all right or not? <laughs> I wouldn't rate him on this stage. <laughs> yeah, all right. You do yours, and then maybe I'll I'll change my mind. Well, when it comes to this stage, it's like, is it a possibility to play tactical when it comes to trying to get into breakaways with multiple riders if you still have multiple GC riders at the start of the stage? The climbs aren't necessarily hard, so so short. Yeah, it's just. It's just not hard enough. This is probably going to be a sprint. I don't know who's going to win this stage at all. A sprint, uh, is it? Nah, I don't think so. I'm going with Harry Sweeney. Are you? Yeah. I have no clue who's going to win this stage. I don't even know who to pick at all Such for this one. Such a weird stage. Higita from a dude? Nah, nah, I don't even believe that. I'm going to go for Roglic, and I don't know how. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Okay, stage Everything's 20. Possible. If- Again, I don't really see too much GC options in the third week, and this is the final opportunity. 176Ks, this is the final one. Medium Mountain Deluxe, 10.4Ks, 6.5% at the start. That offers something, whether it's pacing hard or getting satellite riders in the break, then 10.3Ks, 5.4%, 7.3, straight into 9.27% descent, and then 10.5Ks, 5.6% before a plateau. Now, you may be thinking 6K plateau. Maybe you're thinking these climbs aren't hard. The last climb isn't hard enough. Well, 
if you're behind on GC, if you're trying to use teammates, if you're using satellite riders, you don't actually want the final climb to be hard. You want yeah. basically a, a situation where a, a Jai Hindley is chasing you on a 5.6% climb while you're being paced by a 70 kilo teammate um, who can actually, the draft is really, really important, like a McNulty. If McNulty gets in the break and he's pacing Almeida on that final climb or a teammate, McNulty can go super fast on that sort of gradient. Um, so that's why, and, but the second last climb is hard enough, 9.2K, 7%, where you can try something. So hopefully we see it like last year, fingers crossed. And yeah, who do you think's winning, Benji? I just want to mention that going over this parkour again, I see less and less opportunities for Carlos Rodriguez to actually podium this Grand Tour. I know, it's so it's shallow. Like, That's what, it's such it's a so, bad Grand Tour it's for Carlos. Exactly. <laughs> but like, also, it also adds to the idea that Remco's Grand Tour possibilities are more and more the more I look at these profiles because it is actually like the perfect Grand Mate, Tour for Remco to do like for him. For. <laughs> exactly. But... The stage 20, I hope that we see raids. I really don't care who wins this stage. Like, I just want to see raids on this stage. And I think we're, I think we're going to see that happen. There's enough teams that are going to be willing to do so. I think Ineos has been quite offensive this year in trying to do so. I think they're going to fail to do so. I think that... I think we that haven't Remco mentioned Carapaz once. Exactly. This is not a ground tour for Carapaz. It it's we have said the words five to six percent about a hundred times in this podcast so far. Like it's really suitable for the Remco and Roglic guys. Like I think Remco wins this stage, Benji. I think if he yeah. gets a gap on that six K plateau, you can say goodbye. Now is he still here? Whatever, but I think he wins this stage and um seals his G C <laughs> I'm I'm like I, I was in the camp that said, oh, Remco is going to do in two stage, three stage, and perhaps like top seven is Grand Tour. The more I look at the profiles, the more I realize that he's got more and more chance of actually doing something significant in this. In well, this if, if he's behind, he has to try on this stage. So yeah, 100%. I, I, I think that's why he probably does win it. I think Remco even wins this stage as well. I, I even mentioned it before you said he would win this stage. Just want to get that on the <laughs> <Yeah>. record. <laughs> well, I think we um, are legally allowed to say the same rider. Uh, final stage, okay. 101Ks in Madrid. It's a little uphill drag, I think. Ackerman's won it before. I'm going with Ackerman again with the Milano lead out. Milano takes everyone else out and Ackerman wins. Uh, is Merlier still here, Benji? No. no. Like, <laughs> okay. He's not still here. I don't believe in Merlier finishing a Grand Tour in 2022. And the question, Dennis... Tyson, Groves... Yeah, it's going to be like some, some, some of that in the top three. Penalva. Sam Bennett. No. Uh, this year, I don't see it. Van Poppel. Do you just let Van Poppel go for it? Possibly, but I'm going to go for Groves. Okay. That was all our picks. I'm sure some will add all that up. It's, we, we've spoken a lot during the stage analysis about how we think GC will play out and discuss that. Um, that's why that took quite a while. It is really like, do not be taken in by the discussions. It's the Vuelta, like it's the steep rampas. We've this is really interesting. Could be boring, end up being boring, but it's a different parkour um, that really the teams will have to make the race. Although the exception is Sierra Nevada, which is disgusting. 
Um, but the thing is, the good thing is, Benji, if a Lopez, a Hindley, a Yates go clear on Sierra Nevada, take big time, there is this medium mountain stuff at the back end for a Sivakov, yep. Roglic, uh, Avon Apol to try stuff. Now time for predictions, which inevitably we might get wrong. First, <laughs> AUM jersey, which I think will go to a breakaway rider just because I think there will be a lot of breakaway wins this Vuelta España, although, yeah, there's just not very many early categorized climbs. I'm going with, for me, it was between Pacher, Army Rail, Pino, mm-hmm. and Vine, so I have to go with Vine. <laughs> you have to go. It's legally obliged to uh to go for J Vine on this one. But when it comes to my pick for it, I was like on the fence because there's so many of these stages that have a finishing climb that the GC teams, the GC riders, GC leaders might be winning it at the top. But there's also the aspect that hey, Gita might take that stage, or Roglic might take that stage, and even pull that stage. So they're going to be stealing from each other in the same way that breakaway riders are going to be stealing from each other if breakaway stages happen. So I'm 50-50 when it comes to, is it going to be a breakaway rider or a GC rider? So if it's a GC rider, I'm going with Roglic because I trust his finishing skills on an uphill finish yeah. the most, even though his form is relatively unknown. But if it's a breakaway rider, then I'm, I want to say Pino, but... He won't go for it. I'm going to go with Pino. I mean, it would be kind of curious that he ignored it in the Tour de France and then the Vuelta he targeted yeah. it. But, but stranger things have happened. But maybe it's the factor that the level of breakaways might be easier here and he'll win yeah. stage and therefore have more competition for the KOM and therefore be in the running when he's like, okay, I'm in the running for KOM, let's go for it now. I should have picked him for a breakaway uphill stage when he's actually <laughs> in good shape at Swiss, wasn't he? Didn't he win a stage or nearly? No, Jung, I don't know, I can't remember. Anyway, that was KOM. Uh, points jersey, I'm going for Ackerman. I think he's going to surprise and have quite a nice Vuelta Espana. Um, Willie, you know, he's got a sprint for fifths and sixths and things like that. If the break even wins, I'm going with Ackerman. Uh, I don't think Melia makes it around, so it's really between him and Groves out of the sprinters if there is enough sprint sort of stages. Hmm. When it comes to mine, I, again, very similar to the KOM discussion. I think it's a 50-50 between a GC rider taking it and a sprinter. I think there's limited sprint options. I think Groves and Akamon do have the best chance of getting it. And therefore, I'm leaning towards Groves in that sense. But when it comes to GC riders, I see Remco winning a few stages. So I'm going to go with Remco on this one. Why not? Hmm. He said his sprint is better. I'm not convinced it is. I think got lucky. It doesn't need one. to be. Yeah, true. I don't know. We're getting stage wins, getting close positions. You never I, know. I think the GC guys, Ayuso, Almeida, Aguita, Kelderman, Roglic, even Paul, I think they're all going to cannibalize from each other. And I, I think Ackerman mm-hmm. or Groves will take it in the end. Or Hater. Hater really should be winning oh. the points jersey. <laughs> what am I talking about? Yeah, Hater. Hey, sorry. Hater wins. Hater wins points. What am I talking Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> does his team have enough support for it? Or is this it the same Wout Fanart discussion? The punchy finishes will be there where the other guys were. I don't think it matters. Yeah. I mean, well, okay. no. Will he contest a bunch of sprints? He should. 
he has to like these comments. It's not the Tour de France ones. He has to go for them, even for points. Just fifth and sixth. Just fill yeah. it. Just follow the wheels. Okay, that's points. Young rider, I'm going for Avonapol, which will become pretty obvious in a second. A lot of guys are eligible for it that are very talented. Rodriguez, uh, Ro- uh, Rodriguez already said. Plap, Almeida, maybe Ayuso and Avonapol, of course. But I'm going with Avonapol because you'll see why in a second. Who you got? For me, it's difficult because I I went like for three years and a half or something. I've been shouting Carlos Rodriguez off the rooftops of every single building in Belgium, and obviously it was going towards. I think I tweeted last year somewhere he's gonna podium the Vuelta in 2023. This year I became too cocky and I said he's gonna do it in 2022 now, which seems difficult looking at the parkour because the parkour does not shout Carlos Rodriguez to me, but. I see Evenepoel as better for this parkour, so for why I have to lean towards Remco as well. And Almeida surely would be better than... Well, the problem for Rodriguez is he might get folded into a domestique role. Like Almeida for you, though. <laughs> I don't, I don't Portuguese think, people I don't, with pitchforks. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Because, yeah, if, say, Almeida's in sixth, Rodriguez is in eighth, but, like, Carapaz is fighting for podium... It's going to be like Bernal had to sacrifice for Yates last year, whereas I don't think Almeida will. So that's why it'd be tough for Rodriguez, um, unless he's really up there on GC2, which is the final big one, extremely hard to predict. If you could tell me with 100% certainty that 2021 Vuelta Roglic shape was coming to this Grand Tour, I think he'd find a way to get it done ahead of Avon Paul. I think Quick Step a little bit inexperienced. Jumbo, okay, their climbing squad's not great. They got good rulers, but Rolich has won three welters for a reason. It'll be hot in August. He loves the heat. Punt like the the parkour suits him too. Mm-hmm. But I'm just not sure. Like the Tour de France, yeah. I swear it finished just yesterday. And I'm just not sure about his condition. Um and for that reason, I'm going with our Maida third. In it might run it pretty close. I made a third. Roglic second, Avonapol first is my podium with no Ineos riders. I think there'll be three Ineos riders in the top ten. Having no Ineos rider in the top three hurts. I think looking at how many riders they've got in their squad set up to be GC riders, and therefore my podium starts with. I have to do it. I have to double down because if I don't believe in. Carlos Rodriguez podiuming, then there's two options. I could either tell you, honestly, okay, I don't believe that Rodriguez will top three this Vuelta, but no, we don't do that here. We do not do that here. That's not okay. What we do is we double down on the prediction that is likely to be incorrect, and we say Carlos Rodriguez, Rodriguez is going to podium this Grand Tour. He's going to get third. He's going to beat everybody else except for Roglic in second. Roglic in second? Roglic in second. And... If you asked me before this, this in-depth preview, who I was going to have win this Vuelta, I was never going to be Remco Evenepoel. Because I was always like, I think he's going to get like a top six or something and win two, three stages perhaps. But let's be honest, the more you go through this parkour, the more you see that the gradients are perfect, the climbs are perfect, except Sierra Nevada perhaps, except that Prades steep climb, for example. Like you said, it's... It's more that I don't trust Quickstep, but if Quickstep does their job well in prepping Remco for the stage, then Remco should be able to do pretty well in this ground, and I think Remco wins this Vuelta. 
I mean, how else, you've changed quickly, Benji. A, a week I ago, know. a week ago, we did the Can Remco win the welter See, question, and you looked at me like I had two does. heads. You looked at that's me like what I was insane. Does. Pardon? <laughs> that's what research does. Yeah. As in, I looked at the parkour a few more times this week, and I was like, "Okay, let me change my predictions." <laughs> okay, so both got Remco winning Love Welter, uh, but I can't wait to see the battle and Bora as well. Hindley, Igita. Kelderman, they'll probably try something as well, but Parkour doesn't really suit Hindley too much. So that's probably, no, he's not the favorite, but he is the second favorite, um, Remco. But I can't wait to see. I hope Roglic is in good enough shape to make it a really, really big battle. Look out for GC Coos too. Thanks to Zwift for supporting the show. Make sure you check out Zwift Academy, even if you're not trying to get a pro contract. It's a great sort of boost to get into some structured training and let us know who you think win the world so what's your podium what's your jersey picks when should to see what people think and we'll see you with the european championships tt wrap up and some bernal dumoulin news tomorrow ciao